Welcome back, everybody, for another episode of the Think and Grow show with your host, Dr. Z. And Professor P. Dr. Z, who do we have with us today? Wow, we have a very special guest and friend, Elsie Flanard, the third. <laughs> the third. Yeah, and we are going to talk about Elsie's book, Flame Starter. So, Elsie, do you, the art of self mastery. So, Elsie, do you want to talk a little bit about yourself, and then just kind of share about what what inspired you to to write write your book? It's your first yeah. book, right? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, very first book. Um, yeah, first first off, um, let me say thank you so much for uh, to having me on the show and giving me the opportunity to talk about uh, Flame Starter and a little bit about my journey. Um, I don't take it lightly every time I get that opportunity. So thank both thanks uh, to both of you. Um, so a little bit about me. I am the truest definition of an entrepreneur. Um, I literally knew I wanted to own my own business ever since I was about 13 years old. Um, I knew two things, really. I knew I wanted to be uh, a parent, a father, a husband. I wanted to have a family. And I knew I wanted to own my own business. And mm -hmm. so my mission and uh, my plan and strategy on how I was going to do that is, I, you know, I knew I needed to get an education. So I, I knew I had to do that because that was important to my mom. And I wanted to make her proud, wanted to make her happy. Nice. Uh, so I did that. And But my plan was the second I could quit my job and do my own thing, that's mm -hmm. what I was going to do. Oh. And so I ended up going into um, electronics. Um, did some work as an electrical engineer for several years. Um, and it was good to me. I, I can't sit here and say that um, it wasn't um, good to me. It, it allowed me to, to buy a house, get married, have a couple of kids and all that good stuff. Um, and all along the journey, I had a side gig the, the whole time. Um, and I would go to work my 45, 50 hours a week, and then I would do my side hustle for 20, 25, 30 hours. Which and one? eventually, what I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry, what was the side hustle? You've had many oh, I, side hustles? Yeah, I had many, many different ones. I've, okay. I've had a record label. Um, I was a music producer. Nice. I was a performing artist. Wow. Um, I even had a, a minor league basketball team at one point. Really? Uh, in time. Oh. Um, but what ended up happening is I got burnt, physically, mentally, spiritually burned out because I was working so much and it was taking yeah. a toll on um, my body, my health. Um, mm -hmm. And then one day uh, I got sick and I had to shut down because my body literally gave out on me. And I told myself that I'm not going to allow myself to get to this point again. Um, yeah. I had to make a decision. I said, okay. I have to make a choice. Either I'm going to go this route, which is probably going to lead to me not being here for my family, mm -hmm. or I have to choose. It's either this day job or I have to find a way to do my own thing. Yeah. And so, um, so I decided to do the latter. Right. Um, and, but I knew that there was a, a missing link somewhere. Um, and so I started a podcast so that I can learn from business owners. And that was going to be my, uh, the way that I was going to bridge that gap. And long story short, the, the plan worked, started the podcast, started talking to, uh, you know, some amazing business owners mm -hmm. and um, really uh, everything on the entrepreneurial uh, side kind of um, went up from there. Mm -hmm. um, but I wrote the book because 
I want to help other entrepreneurs prevent getting where I got. Yeah. Um, you know, I want people to, to be able to live uh, fruitfully. Um, right. I want them to be able to chase and, and live up to their fullest potential, mm -hmm. but not die in the process. <laughs> and so, and so that's why I wrote the book to give um, entrepreneurs tools and things that they can use to prevent that. Yeah, yeah. And your first podcast was really successful, right? Um, you, you, what, what, what happened with that one? The one for business owners? Well, I mean, you, the success is um, subjective, right? Um, I, when I first started, I didn't have a plan, a strategy or anything. I, to be honest with you guys, I didn't really even care if people listened to it or downloaded it. Wow. I literally just wanted to get in front of business owners and, and, and learn from them. And so in that way, yeah, it's been a resounding success because I've learned so many lessons and so many things from uh, from these business owners um, and entrepreneurs that um, to this day, you know, I'm still learning things um, from uh, my guests and uh, those relationships that I've I've built. So um, so in that way, yes, that that show has been a, a, an extremely successful show. Can you tell us, Elsie, when you really discovered, you know what, I'm a freaking entrepreneur. How old were you? You want to talk a little bit about that and how that all evolved? And you're like, yeah, okay, I'll do this. You sounds like you had somewhat of a plan. I'm going to go to college for my mom, take one for the team in that respect, but which is good. You got a great education, all that. But I get the sense that you weren't nine to five material. <laughs> yeah. You know, I knew, I knew from an early age, like when we would, we would have conversations about things like retirement. Mm -hmm. And even as a teenager, that concept just didn't make sense. It was like, why would you work most of your life just to not work Yeah, for a small part? <laughs> like in my, in my 14 year old brain, that just didn't, it just didn't make sense. Yeah, And you know, I've never had a job that I loved. I've had jobs that because I'm I'm a high achiever, I'm yeah. going to show up, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be excellent, I'm going to be a great teammate, I'm going to I'm going to perform just because that's that's what I do. I'm a, you know, former athlete. Um and that's yeah. what we do. We show up, we do the hard things, we um we're consistent and we 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 win. Um and so I I that's how I showed up in, you know, in corporate, I, I did my job. I, I showed up, I helped people. I, I led the way I wanted to be led. I, you know, I followed the way I wanted people to follow me. Um, and, and good things happened in, in my career. Um, but I could only say that there was one job that I had that I liked, mm -hmm. not that I disliked the other ones, but I always knew it was just a means to an end. There was one job that I had where it was like, okay, um, if I have to do something until I can do my own thing, it, it would be this. Yeah. Um, but I've always known that I was an entrepreneur. I just, I just, I'm built for it. Um, I handle extreme levels of stress. Well, um, I'm, I'm a risk taker. Um, I'm a visionary. I, I love the game of business. Mm. Um, so I've always known that that's, it's just how I'm wired. I, I mean, I, I really can't see myself doing anything else. That's, there's no backup plan. There's no, you know, if this doesn't work out, it's like, I mean, this is, this is who I am. It's a, it's a, it's a integral part of, of, of who I am and what I'm on this planet for. Yeah. So did you have like uh someday I want to be a business person, entrepreneur. I want to run a business. Did you have some of those thoughts I would imagine? 
No, since I was, like I said, since I was 13, um, I knew two things. I wanted to have a family and I wanted to have a business like that. Okay. I, I knew that very, very early on. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you mentioned that about, you know, you were exhibiting these characteristics that you describe as this emit. So if you want to talk about that, the education times motivation times inspiration equals transformation. And you say that at the beginning of the book and then at the end of the book, you, you revisit that. So talk about that. And how do you recognize that in the people that you that you're helping to create this podcast and just in mentoring? Yeah, I think that for me, the emit um, principle and concept is how I see everything that I do, right? Because at some level, we're all achieving levels, different levels of transformation, mm -hmm. right? But some people are able to achieve much higher levels of transformation than other people. Um, and then I started to think, well, why? Why is it that some people never achieve their fullest potential, but some people sit, you know, seem to exceed their, their potential? Um, and it came down to those factors for me. It's like, okay, it, it comes down to education, motivation, and inspiration, right? Because you could be the most educated person in your um, company, in your group, in your space, but if you're not inspired, that's going to limit the, the level of transformation that you can achieve. Um, and if you're educated and, and you're um, inspired, but you're not motivated to, to take action, again, that's going to limit your, the, the, the level of transformation. Mm -hmm. But when you're as educated, you're, you're staying curious, you're learning from everybody, um, you're teaching, you're, you're really you know, embracing that, uh, the education mentality, uh, and you're inspired, right? Um, I believe inspiration is, is internal, right? Motivation is external. And so you have that, um, that thing in you that gets you up in the morning. Nobody has to tell you to wake up. You just mm -hmm. do it. Nobody has to tell you to go the extra mile. You just do it. So your you're, you're peak uh, inspiration. And now you're motivated. So now externally, you're looking at people and you're drawing motivation. You're looking at people who are in your space and you're, uh, you're aspirational and you're just clicking on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. Your level of transformation is going to be off the charts, right? And so um, if you look at both internal and external, like if you're an employee um, or if you're an entrepreneur, um, you can almost map it out um, in every aspect. If you have those three things, um, then your level of transformation is going to be um, is going to be the, the highest uh, as it could go. And so um, it's just a really cool way for me to kind of map that out. Um, and, and I talk about it in the book how I'm constantly evaluating and reevaluating all of the aspects of my life to make sure that I'm maximizing in, 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 in every way. And then are you also doing that with some of the young people that you've mentored? I mean, have, have you seen that same fire emit principle carrying, being carried out with some of the people that you're mentally mentoring the younger people? For, for sure. You know, um, again, I, I'm, I'm looking at those aspects, right? Because that teaches, that tells me how I need to show up for them. Right. So if I have a person who, man, they, they're really motivated, but something, something about that, that, that inspiration is just not there. Then I know how I have to show up for them. Mm -hmm. Or if I have somebody that's, they're really inspired, they get up, they're ready to go. They're really motivated. 
but they just don't have the education piece. They just don't know how to do the thing. Yeah. So now I know how I, I need to show up for them. So it, it really works both ways. It's, 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 it's an internal um, uh, measure and it helps me to understand how I need to show up for uh, my team members and people that I'm, I'm coaching and mentoring. I love, I'm a big, I'm gonna show the viewers, the yellow, almost all my books that are these types of books like yours is self-help, motivating books, inspirational. They have a lot of yellow in them. Because <laughs> that's what I do. And I love that you said here, and you already mentioned it, but I just want to reiterate it. You said, you know, you decided you wanted a family. You were dead set on being the best father you could be. You knew what not to do and how not to be. With that said, what came to mind to me in your formula, I think evolved from the work ethic. Talk some about the evolution of your work ethic. Was that some from your mom, some from your dad, a combination? Where did that evolve out of? That's a great question, Patrick. I I, I think for me, I'm an underdog, right? Okay. I, I am not where I was expect, where people expected me to be, right? I, you know, when I, I grew up in the poorest county in the entire state of Illinois, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't have access to the best schools. I didn't have access to the, you know, I didn't, I didn't come with a, a silver spoon uh, in my mouth. I didn't have boots or bootstraps, right? And so, you know, with that background, um, you know, and I also talk about in the book, it's like, I, I figured out one day that I can make my bed. And once I figured that out, it was like, okay, I don't like where my life is. Mm -hmm. It's a sum total of the decisions that I made. Mm -hmm. And I took responsibility for how I reacted, acted and showed up in the world. Um, it was a, it was a game changer because it was like, okay, now I know that if I show up, if I do what I need to do, if I'm prayerful, if I am uh, walking in my, my call and in my purpose and in my joy, mm -hmm. that great things are going to happen. Um, and that drives me. I'm, I'm not really driven by, you know, material things, nothing wrong with those things. Yeah. Um, everything that I have materially, materially is a, is a side effect. You yeah. know, I, God has blessed me. We have a very nice family. We live in, you know, we're, we're materially very blessed. Um, but all of that stuff is just a side effect of, of being intentional about walking in my purpose and waking up every single day, giving it a hundred thousand percent because I know that um, the the work that I put out there is going to come back and just showing up adding value helping people as much as I possibly can um, that's where the work ethic comes from it's because I get to do this mm. I get to talk to people like you every day mm. I get to walk in my purpose and I don't take that lightly and so um, my work ethic is 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 what what it is because I appreciate the opportunity and I'm not going to to waste a single second. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I had this question here about that, the transformation, you know, that you talk about again with um, emit. And I think about the transformation, you know, transformation to break free from limiting beliefs. And so I think you were that you're kind of touching on that and your faith and, and your church. I know there's a, quote in there from is it your your pastor um or there's like a religious um leader 
mm -hmm. in your book there. Yeah. So can you talk about that, your faith journey? Yeah, my, my faith is, is the foundation. Um, I, I literally would not be here today without it. Um, it is the, the driving force, the, um, the gratitude that you see, the joy that you see, the resilience that you see, the, um, the inspiration, motivation, all of that stuff, the, that the foundation of that is my faith, uh, and the people in my life that believed in me mm. when I didn't believe in myself. Right. And, um, it is literally like, you know, apostle Barnett, um, just watching him do life, watching him, um, how he took care of his family and um, his wife. Mm -hmm. He was one of those people where growing up, um, my dad wasn't, wasn't around. So I had to take pieces from him. Yeah. So, oh, okay. I, I love the way he, when he opens his mouth, you know, that, that, you know, wisdom is going to come out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. When he walks in the room, he walks with this, uh, this boldness and this humility, but this authority. It's like, okay, I, I want that. I'll take that piece and I'll incorporate that into the man that I want to present as, right? I talk about in the book, um, being aware of how you present. You know, when, when you walk by me, uh, there's an intentional uh, intentionality about my walk. Mm -hmm. I'm going somewhere mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes too much so, right? <laughs> but I'm intentional. You know, I'm, I'm focused. I don't like to waste time because time is precious. We can't yeah. get it back. Mm -hmm. And so I took pieces of um, um, elements from the, these different people. Um, and he was one of them uh, that that shaped the man that I am today. I love that you say in here along that vein, remember, your job is to lead with empathy, grace and forgiveness, independent to the outcome. I want to back up, though, and tell us about this emotion wheel here where did you find that that is very cool yeah no you know in the in the research for the book you know i because a lot of times um when you're thinking about um leadership um i like to talk a lot about followership okay. people don't talk about how to be a great follower a yeah. lot of times um people in general are emotional um, yeah. some people understand how to identify triage and, um, use that emotion. Um, some people get caught up in emotion and they don't know how to, um, not allow emotion to drive the decision. Mm -hmm. And so the emotion wheel is, is really there to kind of help identify, uh, because it's very difficult to deal with something that you don't identify. So, so we want to identify the emotion, not letting it drive our decision or reaction, but identify it, evaluate it, take the, the, the truth from the situation and then take the emotion out of it. And if the truth is still there mm -hmm. without the emotion, you identify what, what it is, mm -hmm. and then you make your decision there. But again, you can't do that if you haven't identified the emotion in the first place. And so um, yeah. I thought that that was a really cool way to say, hey, feel angry. Nothing wrong with being angry. Yeah. Right. But where does that anger come from? Does it come from you, you being resentful? Why? Why are you resentful? Is it envy? Is it because yeah. you're, you know, so really understanding the source and the root cause of that, that the emotion that sh shows up. Um, and then just working your way backwards and then making the decision um, so that you're not taking emotion off the table. It's on the table, but it's not the driver behind the reaction and the uh, the action. Yeah, yeah, I think that really goes a long way. Um, 
you know, because I was, you describe how you kind of tap into the healing power of feeling your um, emotions. And you said, I think you said you learned that from the, from prayer um, and the, the church, which is interesting because I don't think I learned that in church. <laughs> I really learned about processing emotion and sitting in emotions um, through coaching, actually. But you're right. There is a lot of healing and wisdom. You know, there's wisdom that comes from the body and wisdom from those emotions. And I think a lot of times I talk about this, even, you know, as a doctor, you know, we have to suppress our emotions at time because it's not really the right place. But sometimes we can get too practiced in suppressing emotions that we lose touch with them. But then we don't recognize how they are still operating in the background. <laughs> so so yeah. talk about that maybe in terms of your um, reconciling with your father. You talk about that. Yeah, I, I would say as a as a response to what, what, what you said, uh, Dr. Z, is um, I don't know if suppressing them is necessarily the best way to do it there's some there's sometimes where it's not the right time to express it right mm -hmm. but if somebody says something to me for example that makes me angry i'm angry i mean it may not be appropriate for me to to let them know in that moment right. that i'm angry yeah. but when the the time is appropriate i process that i was like okay, i say okay well what this person said made me angry mm -hmm. why yeah. was there truth to what they said if so yeah. okay and then I and then I work my way down to okay is there is there some way that I contributed to that mm. or was it something that happened externally and even so can I use that can I use it to get better mm -hmm. um, can I use it to learn was it was it the way I presented the information that type of thing mm -hmm. um, and then if if it's appropriate circle back to say okay now that I've processed it I understand the my contribution. Now I'm ready to then deal with that emotion when the when the time is appropriate. Um, but for um, but for me, the my methodology, the way I, I process things is a, is a bit different. Um, I tend to kind of look at things from every perspective, um, and then uh, move that through my own perspective, if that makes sense. So um, so I'll give you an example. Um, so you're talking about uh, learning how to uh, process uh, anger, for example. I look at, um, for, for a biblical example, I look at the story of, of, of David, for example, um, a man after God's own heart. Like he was, if you had a, if God had a favorite, he might've been in the top five, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there were things that he did in his life that you would think, why would you, you, you have everything where you've come from, mm -hmm. you literally came from the bottom yeah. and now you get to this place in your life and in your, your career, your ministry, and you're doing things that you should know better, mm -hmm. like you should be better. <laughs> and I, and I look at how, how God dealt with him mm -hmm. and I think, okay, well, if, if God dealt with him like that, then how should I deal with 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 my contemporaries right mm -hmm. how should i deal with when um people don't do right by me mm -hmm. or when i'm made aware that they're saying things that could be considered negative um and so i i 
I'm considering those things when I'm processing how I'm going to react to things. Um, when I'm angry, when I'm sad, when I'm upset, when I'm frustrated, right? Um, I'm looking at it always as what is the opportunity? What is this emotion? What is this situation? What is this trying to teach me? Right. Um, you know, I share all the time, uh, friction is just an indication of opportunity. It's frustrating. <laughs> it makes me angry sometimes, but there's opportunity in friction, right? There's yeah. entire industries that were created because there was, there was friction in the market, right? And so I'm always thinking about, okay, this happened or is happening. Here's how it makes me feel. The feeling is real. Right. Feel, feel the feels. <laughs> Here's how I contributed to it. Here's what I can control. Here's what I cannot control. And here's what I, I should, here's how I should react or act as a result. Mm -hmm. So I'm always kind of thinking about it in those three um, phases, if you, if you will. Yeah, that's um, in coaching. A big thing is at the end of the session when you're getting coached or you can use it as a coach. Okay. What, what did you learn? What did you, what could you make better? And what do you, what is your goal to make better? What are you going to do moving forward? Right. So that's very powerful stuff. Oh, I love. Boy, I was looking for oh. the quote that you had said, and I found it. Uh, so it's in chapter six. You must set the stage. You talk about excellence. And I love this. It says, Excellence is never an accident, it's the result of high intention, sincere effort, intelligent direction skillful execution and the vision to see obstacles as opportunities when you nice. said that it, it made me remember that quote i'm like oh, that's a good quote i'll write that down yeah there's <laughs> a lot of wisdom in there sir <laughs> for sure <laughs> so i love that pat miller coined or deemed you the mayor right <laughs> i zelda and i before we started podcast a couple of years ago we were experimenting with facebook lives we were doing one and we had somebody in our group, we were in a mastermind group and he says, you guys should be Dr. Z and Professor P. I'm like, thank you very much. We'll use it when the time is right. With that said though, and looking at, I'm looking at your chapter two here. How did you tap into the self-awareness and realize that you, you coined it as shapeable, I would say coachable, right? There's a fixed mindset and a, and a growth mindset. Clearly we, if we have a, a growth mindset, which all three of us, I'm sure, do, how did you incorporate all of that into growing yourself? Yeah, so I, I, when I use words, I'm, I, I try to be extremely intentional. And so the reason I use shapeable as opposed to coachable mm -hmm. um, is because typically when you're coaching a person, they're kind of already shaped you're just kind of helping them discover how to use that shape. Okay. But when you shape a person, you're, you're literally taking off the rough edges. Mm -hmm. You're saying, Hey, Elsie, here's how you're showing up. And this is according to what you said that you want it. That needs to, that needs to go away completely. Right. Mm -hmm. Or you're really, really doing uh, well here. Let's round that out. Let's, let's, let's sharpen that. So, so, so to me that, 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 diff, that nuance mm -hmm. is, is when I'm, when I'm approaching uh, self-awareness, I, I really, I'm looking at myself 
as I truly am and not how I think I am. Mm. And I can tell you that that is not pretty a lot of times. <laughs> and that's why people don't do it because it's, it's a very, very intimidating work, mm. right? Because most of us, we like to think that we're awesome. We're great. Um, and even though we know we have flaws, we're like, well, everybody else does too. But when you really, really look at yourself, like really, 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 really yeah. look at yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a pretty thing. And I just, and, and I went through that exercise and I'm like, wow, there are some things that I really just don't like about that person. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had to address it. I had to go to that feelings wheel and say, okay, there's, there's, there's resentment there. Right. There's, there's a reason why when somebody talks about this topic, you get angry. Mm. Right. And if you look on the wheel, that, that root is that, that root is resentment. Right. Yeah. What, what are you resentful about? Um, and I think Zelda, you asked about uh, reconciliation with my father. Mm. Um, and that's, that's the process. It's right. Okay. I'm, I'm angry and it's because I'm resentful. Why am I resentful? Because I never had my dad in, in the stands cheering for me when I made a basket. Mm -hmm. He's never come to any of my, my, my speaking engagements or uh, he's never seen me perform when I was um, singing uh, yeah. and, and doing songwriting, right? And so, okay, that, that's the resentment. That's the source. Now, how do you deal with it, mm. right? Uh, and so it's like, okay, how, the best way I know how to deal with it is, is through prayer, is through, uh, is through coaching, is through being shapeable, yeah. is through um, having those rough conversations with folks and saying, hey, what do you see? Like, honestly, what do you see? And them saying, hey, man, you know, you need to reconcile because you're a father now and now you have to show up for him in the ways that maybe your dad didn't show up for you. Yeah. And you have to be okay with the fact that sometimes he shows up for them when he didn't show up for you. Right. And when you feel that anger and resentment creeping up, you have to address it because you know that that's a thing, right? Because we've identified it and we know what it is and we know the source. So now when it, when it comes up and it, and it still comes up, it, it's getting, it's gotten better and better and better over the years. But my dad will call um, and wish Elsie a happy, Elsie the fourth, a happy birthday. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> I forgot that call. And it's like, now it's it's cool yeah but yeah. when the first call i'm like wait a minute dude <laughs> now you decide to be you know so so it was that process of of taking all of that stuff and just working it backwards um and just being really honest and um and just having those conversations um and so one day when when we were both ready we had that conversation um and it's, it was uncomfortable right it's like hey yeah. here's where we are um, here's where we, here's where we've been. Right. I forgive you. Right. Um, like for real, not like I forgive you, but I'm still going to bring it up. Not like that kind of forgiveness, but like, yeah. I actually forgive you. And now, you know, we catch Marvel movies together. He yeah. come, he was at the house last summer right. and, um, you know, the, the, the kids don't, they don't know the difference. They see him as grandpa. Right. And so, so the relationship has been restored, but it was through a process of, of reconciliation, really understanding the root uh, of those emotions um, and, and doing the, the hard work of being honest with myself and, and taking my, the ownership of my um, reaction uh, and, and actions in the journey as well, well, because a lot of times we will justify 
our response based on what people did to us yeah. uh, when really it's never um, it's never about that it's really about how you react to it right. you're you're still responsible for being um, the best version of yourself and so um, went through that process and that's you know got us to where we are today where you know I I, we, I call him and check on him he calls me and check right. on, checks on me and you know I'm, I'm so thankful right that yeah. that that work was done because because um, we're good now and no one real quick thing and then you can i just wanted to tap tag onto that so i didn't i wanted to and the beauty of that moment the healing is the forgiveness on your end you didn't get the call but lz number four your son is getting the call so you can take you know what i mean you can have joy in that that there's progress being made as opposed to it being the same old thing Go, yeah. go ahead. Oh, yeah. And I was going to just say, where did self-love, you know, where did the self-love come in? Was Did that come first or did it come second? <laughs> um, For me, I would say I've always had a, a like for myself. Um, a large part of that is because I had people around me who were always pouring into me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was teasing the other day, my grandma, um, she's, she's not with us anymore, but, um, she, I think believed in me more than I do. Even mm -hmm. to this day, I could go up to her and I could say, grandma, I'm going to build a rocket and, um, and go to Mars. <laughs> And I would show up the next day and I, I guarantee you she would have her hat ready and her purse. It's like, all right, LZ, what, what time are we leaving? Like she believed in me that much. Um, and my mom, the same way I could tell her, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. And she's like, okay, I, you know, what, what time are we going? Um, right. it's just having people like that in my life that believed in me that much. Yeah. Um, I kind of caught up to it later. Um, but again, it was through that process of me really just, um, uh, having the faith that, um, that I was created for a specific purpose. Mm -hmm. And as long as I'm walking in that, then there's nothing that can stop me, you know, and that's not an arrogance thing. That's just a confidence in knowing that, that, um, that God is with me and I'm called. Um, so the self-love comes in, 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 you know, probably third, right? It's like, okay, I got folks in my life that are, that are pulling for me. I'm called for this. It's my purpose. And it's like, oh, okay, I, I, I kind of love, I love the sound of my voice. I love my, my bald head and big nose and broad show. Like, I love what, what has been created because I have that, that sense of gratitude. It's like these aspects of my life make me who I am. And it would be, uh, it would be wrong for me not to love what, uh, what these people have, have created. So, um, so for me, it's kind of a, a, again, a side effect of, of that support and that realizing that, um, that I am literally, and I talk about it in the book, how I am the only me that ever was, is, and will be mm -hmm. right. And that's precious. Like there will never be another LZ David Flinnard, the third, yeah. the third. ever, the third, yeah ever yeah <laughs> but at the same time i'm just like everybody else right the dichotomy of the human existence and so that 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 keeps me humble right but it keeps me bold at the same time yeah it sounds like having your mother and your grandmother man it sounds like that went a long way towards helping you have you know 
a high level of confidence and a high level of self-esteem and all of those emotional equity things that we all wish we had, right? Yeah. I'm looking at a quote here. You said, talking about ideas, if you don't get laughed at, you're probably not thinking big enough. Talking about being willing to zig when others zag, what we like to do is, what I like to say in terms of that is, we go against the herd. When the herd's rolling in, we're driving out. We went down to, uh, what you call them, in southern Florida, Florida Keys, Florida Keys a yeah. few years ago. We went in on a Tuesday. We came out on a Saturday. It was bumper to bumper. I'm like, here we go. Yeah, we're living our thing here. We're living it because look at all those poor people going in. It's going to take them all day to get there. <laughs> so talk about mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. your zigging and zagging and maybe give the viewers and listeners a good, powerful example of something that you did that's in that vein. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I think about podcast town. Yeah. That's critical. Right. But, but again, it's all built on, um, the Mm self-awareness, right? Because you have to know who you are, um, and the, the self-love, um, and the confidence, right. You have to know that just because everybody is zigging, I'm okay with zagging. Yeah. I'm okay with if I if everybody else has red hats on. I'm okay with being the only person in the stadium with a blue hat. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay if they point at me and laugh and, and say, why in the world do you have a blue hat on? I'm confident enough in who I am, what I am, why I am to be in that space. Mm. Not everybody is. Yeah. Right. I, I, I preach to my kids all the time because they're kids. They want to fit in. They want people to like them. Not that right. I don't want people to like me, right. but if they don't, I'm okay with that. Right. Because I understand not everybody. I'm not for everybody. Right. So, so for me, that's a, that's a extremely important part of, of being um, self-aware and, and self-mastery mm. is understanding your, your call, your purpose, your lane, your direction, and who you are and being okay with that. Um, one, one funny example, uh, we first opened the, the, the studio in Brookfield. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I would take people through and there's a, there's a uh, outdoor access that kind of wraps around the, the uh, sort of the back of the building. Because mm-hmm. um, when you first come in on the inside, there's, a, there's chairs and then there's a place for a live podcast. Mm-hmm. And I make the, uh, the joke and I'm kind of not really joking, but I'll say um, this outdoor uh, access is for when famous people come and uh, do the show um, and people do what you guys just did. They laugh. They're like, you know, what is this guy talking about? But when that happens, when some famous person and we have a canopy up and they come up those stairs, I'm mentally, I'm going to go back to those moments where people laugh and I say, okay, I'm, I'm on the right track. Because if you say things and people are like, oh, okay, I see that. You're not dreaming big enough. Yeah. But when you say those things that make people laugh at you, now now you're getting into that peak transformation. Now you're saying, okay, now now those are the dreams, right? Yeah. That that you're gonna need to pull that education, motivation, inspiration out because those are big dreams, big. right? If everybody could see it, then that's not a big dream. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But you want to set those dreams that people laugh at. Uh, like like that one. That's a that's a small example, but but it's a very real example of when that happens. One you know one day, when that famous person comes up those stairs, yep. right, and they come out of that curtain and they sit down in that chair and we do an interview. It's gonna be like okay, see, <laughs> right, and we talk about visualization. Yeah, I talk about how how I can see it. Right, as sure as I'm talking to you guys today, 
I see the, the, lim the limo pulling up. I see them stepping out of the car. I see them walking up the stairs. I see them opening the door. I see them coming through the curtain. I see the people getting excited. I see them sitting down and I see us having the conversation just as sure as we're sitting here today. I, I see it. It's, it. it's that clear to me. Who is it? I, I, I won't share that, <laughs> but I can tell you, no, I can tell you, I can, I can see it as sure as we're talking today. Okay. So going back to podcast town, the reality. So you said, um, it needed an authentic and engaging, um, connection with potential and existing customers to provide the ability to develop and grow deep relationships. Um, so I was going to say, what are some of the new developments that you are seeing in their environment? Some of the trends, like you tapped into the trend and the COVID and everybody going online, but you maintain those deep relationships. So kind of, you know, talking about visualization, what are some of the trends that you see coming up where you're going to need to expand again, you know, and really grow your influence? Yeah, I think, um, and I say this all the time, I think, and, and, I, and it gets shorter every time, <laughs> every time I say it, but I think in the next three to five years, mm -hmm. um, having a podcast as a, as a business owner or entrepreneur is going to be synonymous with having a website. Mm -hmm. You you will have a podcast, um, whether it's audio only or video or guesting on other shows. Um, you're going to be in the podcast space. Um, there's some things that are happening with um, with search, with uh, voice search, oh, okay. with um, visual search, with um, uh, just SEO in general, mm -hmm. where it's going to be increasingly important that you have audio and video aspects of your um, of your business. Mm. Um, and I would say the human connection is is continuing to be increasingly important, right? When you think about what's happening with AI yeah. and automation and things like that, face to face conversations where it's a human <laughs> that uh, that is on the other side of you is going to become increasingly important. And so uh, future is super bright for for podcasting. Yeah. I think um, those business owners and entrepreneurs who get that um, and are early adapters are going to win because because that is a trend as our world continues to become more automated. Mm -hmm people are going to want to just have conversations yeah. <laughs> with other with other humans. Yeah, because there's less and less with social media. I think you're right on that end because so many people are constantly in their phone and they're like, they got their earbobs in and you're at the gym and they're like, they don't even want to look at you, much less talk to you. But there's got to be, we're social creatures by nature, right? Yeah. So there's got to be some of that. Talk about LZism number eight, understanding your audience, how they perceive and receive information how you present that information and when there's alignment. What, when did you discover that that was really critical, you know, a critical thing in your business? Well, in my business, I, I'll, I'll give you an example of when, when I noticed that it was important in, in life. Um, okay. So as, um, so as a black man, right. The, the way the world perceives me, I have to be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so the way I dress, the way I speak, mm -hmm. the way I present myself is, is all very intentional, mm -hmm. right? I, I can shape how I, I choose, um, 
to be perceived. I cannot shape how that is received, mm -hmm. but I can shape how I uh, want people to perceive it, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so in, in business, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, if, if I'm walking, I think the, the, the example I use in the book is uh, if I walk in uh, a room full of middle-aged white guys with yeah. my hat backwards and my pants sagging and a do-rag and bandana on, I have to understand how that how they might perceive me. Mm -hmm. Now, I can choose whether that perception is what I want them to perceive is okay with me or not and shift my, my outfit accordingly, or I can choose to show up that way understanding what that perception is. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so if if I go in that same room and there are other people with backwards hats, bandanas, yep. and saggy pants on, I have to understand how they'll perceive me. Mm -hmm. And depending on what message I want to give them, I have to um, adjust that perception to the message that I want to send. Mm -hmm. So if I go to that same group, that same room, and I have a three-piece suit on with a red tie on, they're going to perceive me in a different way. And that might be what I want, but you have to understand it in order to be able to, um, to, to move and present in a way that you want the message to be um, received, if that makes sense. So, so it's twofold. It's like understanding how, how you might be perceived, um, understanding how you're um, uh, presenting, mm -hmm. and is there alignment there? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I know how you're going to perceive this, and I know how I want to um, to project or um, show up. Is there alignment? Yeah. Right. It might not be. And I can choose. Uh, uh, I think I used the example of Snoop Dogg. He's he shows up the way he shows up. Yep. He, he smokes weed. He's, he is who he is. And you kind of take it or leave it. Um, and that's intentional. But again, you have to understand how that might be perceived and then make your adjustments accordingly. Um, and it's not being fake. It's not, um, you know, being a chameleon It's just understanding uh, communication. It's like, okay, if I'm communicating a message, how might people perceive it and how do I want them to, to receive it and, um, and making those adjustments. Yeah. And I like that in terms of visualization. So you actually can anticipate or at least visualize the meeting and then determine is this how I want to show up? And you can do that ahead of time, being in, being even more intentional about how you want them to perceive you and how you want the outcome to unfold. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's really mm -hmm. powerful. So one thing I wanted to ask about is this concept, because you talk. There's so much dichotomy in your book, which I really like that. You know, but you said become irreplaceable by being replaceable. <laughs> Raise yeah. people up to the point where they don't need you anymore. So talk about that. I thought that was yeah. an interesting concept. That's my favorite. That's my favorite because it is, it seems counterintuitive, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it, but, but it's very powerful if you can master the balance of it. Mm -hmm. um, and essentially what that concept is, is helping you become in a, be and exist in a constant state of being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. right? Because that is where you grow. Yeah. You don't grow when yeah. you're comfortable, yeah. 
right? And you don't grow as much when you're in crisis, uh, but, but you grow when you're uncomfortable, right? And so uh, the best example I can give is if you're, um, if you're uh, a leader of a team, equip your team with everything that they need to be the best teammates they can be. Mm-hmm. Even if that means if, you, if there's a, a budding uh, shooting guard that's on your team, if we're, if we're talking basketball, yeah. You're showing him or her all the tricks that you've learned. Yeah. You're helping them get as good as they possibly can get. Will they replace you? Maybe. Maybe it's time for you to be replaced. Yeah. Maybe it's time for you to move up. Yeah. Maybe it's time for you to become the coach. Right. Maybe it's time for you to move to another team. Yeah. The only way that you'll know that is if you're constantly pouring into people around you. And then the, what will happen is the situation will it will, will almost naturally push you to the next phase yeah. if you do it well right you know so if you're a first line supervisor don't hold back information from your team give them everything they need make it such that it's operating so well that they forget that LZ is even leading the team yeah. and that's my indication as a leader that okay now it's time to raise up somebody else or maybe it's time for me to move up yeah. or to another opportunity and that's uncomfortable for people because that you can't control the timing. Sometimes it happens fast. Sometimes it happens slowly. But if you're doing it well, it's happening constantly. Yeah. <laughs> so you're constantly growing and you're constantly being open to to what that next phase is. Um, and that's why that it, it's challenging because people like to, to be comfortable. Yeah. Like, okay, I've been here for, for seven years now. I know my job. I know what I can get away with, what I can't. And they don't want to be constantly challenged. Um, but that's where, where people become stagnant. And so, um, but, so I love that concept, though, because it, it, it forces you uh, to be a great leader. And it also forces you to be a great follower. Yeah. 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 And it's like water when they say be like water, because water that's stagnant is just putrefying and it's dying right but the water that's constantly moving in flux and in flow and i love how you say that about allowing it to unfold because right every action produces a result an outcome and so it's just being aware of what are the results that we want to be producing right and being intentional so yeah that's, that's really powerful yeah, I love that. Yeah. The, the other thing that, that I'll share is it it's a constant check and killing of your ego as well, right? Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times if I even look at it at my business, um, you know, the production team, they just, they pretty much operate without me. Nice. And I, I'm like, awesome. Like, hopefully by the end of this year, I can fire myself from this, <laughs> this position and, and do something different. So, but it's a constant check on that ego. It's like, okay, they don't need me here anymore. Now it's time to, to, to move on to the next thing. Yeah. Comfort equals complacency and that can be detrimental, right? Yeah. Wow. You guys, this is amazing. We're coming up on almost an hour here. So we got through quite a bit of your book here. <laughs> Gals and guys, there's more in there. You're going to want to want to get out there and buy a copy of his book. What can you tell us? What is the last thing you want to leave with the viewers and the listeners that comes to mind that is really important that they walk away with? I think the biggest thing for me in this process of, or or in the art of Mm self-mastery is the, the, 
sitting with yourself and breaking down your true, the true essence of you mm. and processing that, right? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be ugly. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> um, there are going to be aspects of yourself that you don't even recognize, mm. uh, but I encourage you to take, to take the time and do the work of, of unpacking it um, honestly with, your, with yourself and others if you need to, um, called coaches, therapists, right. uh, trainers, uh, consultants, people that can uh, objectively break down and unpack those emotions, those triggers, those, uh, the aspects of you that, that are not so, uh, so pretty, um, and then begin to, to, to build around that. Because until you do that work, you're building on faulty foundation. Yeah. Um, and you'll have to repeat the process anyway. So I encourage you, if you're watching this, listening to this, to do the work, uh, the authentic work of really um, looking at you, yeah. unpacking you, breaking it down to the, the lowest common denominator, the foundation, and then doing the work to build yourself yeah. up, um, to be aware, um, and to get to that place of self-love. Um, and I have what I call a joy meter, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's from zero to 10. Uh, and if anything falls below that seven, I start to think about and, and address that. Mm -hmm. um, and so as you're going through this process, look at that joy meter and really um, start to triangulate uh, what you're doing, where you're going, mm -hmm. who you're going with, and why you're going yeah. that direction. Um, and you'll, you'll end up in, in, uh, in a really, really good place. Um, it's not easy takes time uh but you'll be you'll be happy with the work um when you do the work here it is everybody <laughs> flame starter the art of self-mastery so where can everybody get a hold of you what's the easiest way to get a hold of you Yep, the easiest way is via email. Uh, if you just email me at, um, actually, I'll give you my uh, podcast town email. Yeah, we'll uh, mayor at, yep, mayor at podcasttown.net. Um, so if you have questions about the book, um, you can reach me at that email address as well. All right, there you have it, everybody. And as always, thank you in advance. Just thinking and growing. And learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. Just thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. Yeah, with thinking and growing and learning. Thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. With thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. I was thinking.